All right, so a uh, couple of years down the road, you are running your own business. Okay. What uh, kind of business am I running? It's uh, like a family service. A family service? Yeah. You uh, help people in need. What are they in need of? Uh, a godfather. <clears throat> Wait, uh, so you uh, you, you run a, a Godfather finding service. What happens is um, people come to you yeah. with their uh, newborn, and they kind of you know explain, you know what their family's like, and 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 you know kind of what the baby's like, and you go out there and find them the the best Godfather you can. How how am I finding people who but, want to be Godfathers, and then I'm, I'm setting up these people with random men yeah what what you do is that like when like someone comes to you you like move in with them for two weeks what? and you sort of um observe the baby and observe the baby's reactions to uh things to the parents to uh, outside you know stimulus stuff like that and so you kind of get to know the baby and get to know the baby's personality and wants and needs and stuff uh so you go out after anyway, that, you kind of make... I Every time I get approached by somebody, I live with them for two weeks and just study yeah. the baby and build a psychological profile of this baby. And then I go out into the real world and find a grown stranger adult man to become this baby's godfather. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's what you do. Are you fucking kidding me? You're pretty good at it, dude. Like you have a uh, 100% uh, return policy, no questions asked. What does it even and mean? If, if How do you people return feel, a goddamn Godfather? If people feel like the Godfather and the baby just aren't gelling, then you have a, like I said, a no questions asked, 100%, you know, return. You you also give them a twenty dollar gift card to the Darden Family Restaurant. I'm not doing that. I'm not. I'm not going in the hole. Okay. No, they're sponsoring you. Are you? Why are they involved? Uh, because um, the head of the restaurant group, uh, yeah. S- Steve Darden, um, you base you've helped him find uh, the perfect godfather for his kid. Yeah. And after he did that, like he kind of thought it was a ridiculous service, but after yeah. he did that, he was like, "I will help you, however you want." And you're like, "How about we do the the Darden giveaway thing?" And he's like, "I love the way you think." So, but you've never, to this day, you've never given one away. You are very good at this. So his, you, his sponsorship in this business is allowing me to give them a $20 gift card in addition to a full refund. So he's sponsoring yes. 20 bucks for every return. Yeah. Man, that's very generous of him. Again, dude, you did a great job with, uh, with his uh, kid's godfather. His kid's name is... Um, uh, uh, Bruce, <laughs> yeah, Bruce Darden, yeah, little Bruce, little Brucey, little yeah, Brucey. um, uh, aka the boss, yeah, they call him the boss, yeah, they named him after uh, Bruce Springsteen, okay, little baby boss, little baby boss, and so, um, you found little baby boss, the perfect godfather, yeah, this this guy, uh, Harold Reigns. Uh, Harold Reigns. Yeah, Harold Reigns is a, a good guy, man. And like he makes an amazing godfather. Yeah. 
What makes him so good at being a godfather? Um, you don't know this, but uh, about 50 years in the future, um, Harold is going to save that kid's life. Wow, okay. Well. He, he, t- he takes a bullet intended for the... Uh, for the boss. Yeah, for the boss. For the boss baby. So they still is- hang out, even though, like, you know, the baby boss is, like, 50 at this point, and he's probably, you know, 88 or whatever. Yeah. I mean, he saved his life. He's his godfather. Why wouldn't he see him? Right. Yeah. So you're doing good. How much am I bringing in on this dumb business? So the business is just starting. So you're not bringing in. You're bringing in basically like um, about 22 grand a year. So it's not a ton, but you're bringing in money the first year of a business. And that is like unheard of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially for like something as small as this. Like you're, so you're like, you're like, look, I would make more money waiting tables or whatever, but I can at least be, you know, somewhat creative. Well, and, and, and if I'm living with these people all the time, you know what I mean? I'm probably putting in the contract that they're like feeding me and stuff. I don't have, absolutely. I, pro- I probably don't have rent. My overhead's gotta be like real low. It's basically nothing. Twenty two isn't bad. Just kind of hanging out there on the side. What am I? What am I paying? You know, what am I spending money yeah. on? Um. Well, you know, it's interesting that you ask that because lately you have been craving the sweeter side of life. Oh Lord. Normally, you're not really much of a, a sweets guy, but lately. You have been fiending. Oh, man. I mean, I've been there. You wake up in the morning yeah. with your toes curled so tightly. Oh, God. That like you have to like trim your toenails. Otherwise, they will like slash the bottom of your feet. You know what oh, I mean? No, I don't That's know what you mean. That's how Matt. fucking tight. Why are my toes curled so goddamn tight? Because you fell asleep dreaming of like, you know the sweeter things in life like what like cinnamon rolls and shit you dream of a a cinnamon roll cake it's never before been attempted but you fucking see it and you dream of it and you know it's possible sometimes it's a cake uh, made entirely of cinnamon rolls is that what you're telling me yeah you see a, a bowling ball made entirely out of like cookie dough but it's like what happens is uh, you, they throw the ball, and as it like rolls down, it hardens and it knocks over the pins. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, the pins are just giant jugs of milk. <laughs> <laughs> when you hit them, you break them. Like, milk goes everywhere, dude. It's a good thing that- Are they made of glass? A, yeah, they're, they're oh. old-fashioned glass jars. So we're just smashing glass in this bowling alley. Well, it's a dream. It's not oh. like a you know a real thing. It's oh, okay. A, so you wake up and your t- and your toes are curling, dude. Like very yeah. intensely. Like it takes you a, a solid like five minutes for your like toes to come undone, Ugh. because you are having dreams about like the sugary stuff that like it's it's borderline sexual at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's making my fucking toes curl, Pat. Why am I getting so? Why am this? Is this like a, an erotic thing for me? Um, I don't know. It's just lately, it's just what you've been getting into. You saw a documentary about uh, sweets. It's called uh, 
How sweet it is. It sounds like a Mark Summers joint. <laughs> and what is, you is know? it's just, yeah. I guess it's absolutely, the yeah. it's absolutely Mark Summers joint. Imagine Mark it's, Summers saying, how sweet it is. That's 100%. I love those. I'd absolutely, so, I'd absolutely watch that. Right. And it's a great documentary, man. They they spare no expense. Like and they uncover some pretty interesting things. <laughs> like what? Like it um it turns out that you know the, the the Hershey family. Yeah. Um it turns out that they're actually from a different dimension. Oh yeah? Yeah, and no one knew. And at t- and at this point they've interbreeded with human beings enough that you know, their their offspring are mostly human and they really pose no threat. It's it's more like just a kind of an interesting coincidence. Um, but you, so you you learn about stuff like that. Um, it turns out that uh, Oreos are named after like a a real guy who saved the life of the guy who invented Oreos. Uh, what happened was the guy who guy who invented Oreos. It turns out is a guy named um, Crad Feldman, and Crad was uh, Crad. out, but like like Brad, but with a C instead. Crad, yeah. Uh, okay. And so Crad Crad was out uh you know just kind of like biking around or whatever and um he hit like a root that was out in the 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 the, the old dirt road yeah. of Kansas and he hits it and he goes flying and he goes whoa and he's about to fall off like the edge of the abyss or whatever. Yeah. And he swears to this day he heard the abyss call out to him. He heard it call what out abyss. Is he is he hanging out in Kansas? There's an abyss in the middle of Kansas somewhere. Yeah, he lived in this house that was like up really, really high. And uh, what happened is uh, he swore he heard a, a voice calling out from the abyss saying, um, surrender your soul. And so what happened was this guy uh, jumped like at the right moment and like grabbed him. You know what I mean? And pulled him to safety. Yeah. And and the guy goes, the guy who like uh, cr- uh, crab. He was like uh, a crad, sorry. Crad. He was like, crad goes, uh, he goes, oh my God, mister, you saved my life. And he goes, what do you want? I'll give you anything. Money, jewels, anything you want. And and the, and the guy looks at him and he goes, just do one thing for me, crad. And, guy, and, he, and crad goes, anything. And he goes, name a cookie after me. The name's... Brian Oreo. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Oreo. So you find you find out in that documentary how sweet it is that that's like the like that's how like Oreo cookies were made. Like 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 Crad got was like obsessed with making the perfect cookie. It drove him insane. It, it honestly ruined his life because he, he was, because he pro- wanted he was to. probably better off he was probably better off dead because he was honestly trying he was always trying to like improve the Oreo. So he was coming up with some stuff that worked, but he's come up with some stuff that kind of didn't work. But really, it didn't matter if he was if it was 100 percent successful or not, because it was like clearly taking a toll on his brain. You know what, what I mean? What stuff didn't work? Um, crab cake Oreo. Yeah. Is it? Well, how does is that like cookie and then crab cake instead of filling, or is the crab cakes yeah. with filling sh- in between? No, it's uh, it's the cookie with the shredded uh, crab in it. What happened was uh, he uh, he had a dream. Yeah. 
Crad Crad Feldman. Crad Feldman had a dream uh, where he was he was it's it, it's almost like he was staring at the abyss again. Yeah, and in Can- this, the one say one in Kansas. Yeah, uh, the Kansas he, abyss. The Kansas abyss, and uh, it's almost like he heard a voice call out to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But the voice had the worst Maryland accent he <laughs> yeah. had ever heard in his fucking life. Yeah. And this Maryland accent told him like to make this cookie, the, the crab cake Oreo. Yeah. And, and he was like, I will give my soul to you. And then like he wakes up. So, uh, you know, he ends up doing that or whatever. Uh, so a couple of those things don't work. There was that one. There was one uh, called um, you fill it up. <laughs> and what it is, is it's just the, the two, you know, uh, chocolate cookies or whatever. Yeah. And that's it. And you would put whatever you wanted in it. And they actually sold like the frosting separately, too, if you wanted to use that. Uh, they tried to sell the crab cake. They just had a lot of it laying around, but it, it's, it doesn't do very well. Yeah. So, and so that really doesn't go over too well. People are a little weirded out by that. The crab cake. The crab cake Oreo. That, yeah, and then the make your own Oreo or you fill it Oreo. So it's actually a pretty cool documentary. So you start getting into the sweets, the sweet things. You know what I mean? Um, And the Godfather Finding Service, like I said, is doing pretty well for you. What's that one called? What? Do I have a name for my business? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's called uh, called Godfather 4. (laughs) Colon, come on and... Get yourself a godfather. <laughs> godfather for come on and get yourself a godfather. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going it's going well, man. And one night uh, you get out of work and you notice that uh, across the street they've opened a, a Dunkin Donuts. Hell yeah. Uh, what What's your favorite type of? Man, I just got way too excited for that. Uh, I don't know. Um, (laughs) I didn't want to say anything. (laughs) But yeah, you got very excited. I mean, look. I I don't know why. I I don't know why I have to defend it. Everybody loves donuts. Uh, Sure. I don't know. I'd probably get just like, I like the new ones that are like chocolate. Of the chocolate glazed ones. You decide to walk towards that Dunkin' Donuts and actually like this like light switches on. Yeah. And it goes buy one glazed donut get five free. What? It's a it's a deal that they're doing. Yeah. And you're like holy shit. It's a hell so of a you deal. just you don't even think about it. You just run right towards that Dunkin' Donuts. I just sprint right to Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. And uh, you actually knock over like a, a bunch of people as you're running in. <laughs> what do you mean? Because there's like, a, there's like a line, but you just knock them out of the way without a second thought. Why? Why am I doing this? It's it's you weren't, You're not trying to, be, trying to be malicious. Like It's not like you're doing it like fuck these people or whatever. You just, like your body just takes over. It's almost oh. like it, like you're running on instinct. You know what I mean? And I'm just plowing through people who are just waiting how, in line. How does the cheetah know how to stalk the elk? You know? No, Pat. This is, this is there's a line. There's that's like social contract. Like, come on. So yeah, Don't I know. Run. And normally, you know? normally that would be something that you would adhere to. But there's just something about those chocolate glazed. 
donuts. So I just that barrel just, through a crowd of people to the front of the line. Yeah, and then like, and you kind of crash to, to the door because like the doors locked, like they're about to open, and everyone kind of like looks at you, and then everyone goes like, "Why?" Because like, you know, you've like knocked over a bunch yeah. of people, and like, you know, no one's seriously hurt, but it's it's you know, it's it's kind of a jerk move. Yeah, and you turn around and you look at them, and after they say "Why?" you go, uh, "Want some Dunkin' Donuts?" To the tune of "I'm sexy and I know it." Jesus so what happens Christ. is I'm sure that they caught s- that. I'm sure that when they heard that, that's what they go. Hey, is that is that I'm sexy and I know it? Is that what you're doing there? No one really knew how to react. Yeah, but somebody, someone did get it on video and they upload it, and this video goes fucking viral, dude. Great of me committing assault. Yeah, but but you become like the face of Dunkin' Donuts. They start doing a new campaign where it's like you like will just run up to various like Dunkin' Donuts and just n- knock people the fuck over and then turn around and go, oh, want some Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> and then like they film it and stuff. And you do it everywhere, dude. You do it in like Philly. You do it in uh, uh, Denver, Colorado, uh, Toledo, Ohio. I just you assault people like, all across America in the name of Dunkin' yeah. Donuts. And they, they do like local ones. So like... You you'll go to like uh you know uh, uh you know uh, Iowa, and you'll have to make like a commercial there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, for the local markets of you bumping into people and knocking them over to the to the fucking ground like they're animals, and turning around and going, "I want some Dunkin' Donut." And one time your pants fall down. Uh, you're wearing a uh, white boxers with Why? red hearts on them. Why do my pants fall down? Because you're starting to actually lose a little weight because oh, you're starting to like. Because you run a lot in these I commercials. Run a lot. You know I have I mean? to run and then sprint directly at people who are just. Also, where's this line of people out of every single Dunkin' Donuts? Why does every Dunkin' Donuts have a line of people just waiting outside? Because they're doing incredible deals now, dude. Like they, they're 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 really like the guy, uh, the CEO of Dunkin' Donuts, um, Dunkin' Carter. He uh, is like he's been is that slowly just a going. Coincidence? Ins- his name is yeah, Duncan Carter. Yeah. He's uh, been slowly going insane over the past uh, couple of years. What? So he just kind of like comes up with these terrible ideas and people are like, you're, you're actively costing the company money. And he, and he just goes, okay. You know, why does okay, the company get like, rid of him? Because he's in charge. No one can get, no one can get rid of him. They he don't have a clause like a, in his con. They no, have, he has a clause in his contract. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 it's, the board. It's, it's signed. It's signed in chocolate glaze. He has a clause in his contract that he cannot be fired. Yeah. So he's been again going slowly insane. He, he's also like a flat earther now and stuff. Like oh, it's man. it's on and like honestly, like he he was like a Vietnam War hero. It, it's actually kind of fucked up to see him this way. Well, um, he saved uh, two hundred uh, Americans. Uh, and uh, seventy-five uh, Vietnamese, north north uh, Vietnamese. He saved their lives one time. He like uh, <laughs> saw that there was like an avalanche coming, and he was like, "Get out of the way!" And everyone's like, "Huh?" And he goes, "Just do it!" And they get out of the way in time. And it's like this whole scene. And um, <laughs> ever since the Vietnam War ended, or, or starting in 1985, <laughs> once a year, these guys who are all involved with this get together for like a friendly softball game. Yeah, uh, yeah, they they do it in uh, 
in Brooklyn every year. And they've been doing it since 1985. And every single year, there's like fewer and fewer guys there. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, one year, there was only like one guy left. They called them Rust. They called them Rusty. Because his name was uh, Rusty Harnsworth. Yeah. Rusty shows up. At this point, Rusty is like uh, pushing 80. He's lived, uh, you know, he didn't always live life in the most healthy way, but sure. God damn it. People are going to remember this guy. You know what I mean? I, I don't know what you mean. He he was just, you know, he was one of those big personalities. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. he was one of those guys who a big personality from the Vietnam War. He would. Yeah, he was. A, he was a hero from the Vietnam War. And he would like a. Uh, do a thing where he'd bust your chops in front of everybody and they'd laugh at you. And then he would just turn and he would just go, ah, you know, I'm just messing with you, kid. And he would have like a beer ready for you and a $20 bill. And this is the guy the CEO knew because they were in Vietnam together. Yeah. So he shows up and uh, he's the last one there. Everyone else is dead. And he's like, he just has like a uh, softball in his hand. Yeah. And he just kind of like pitches it very high towards a home plate. Yeah. And he turns around. He knows, you know, what's going to happen. He walks away. But suddenly he hears the loudest crack he's ever heard in his life. He goes, what? He turns around and standing at a home plate is uh, a ghost of a guy used to serve with him. Yeah. And he goes, and he goes, that's what we call a home dinger. <laughs> so he play gets to play one last game with uh, with the ghosts of the uh, <laughs> the ghosts of Vietnam, the, uh, the soldiers. Yeah, the ghosts of Vietnam. <laughs> and uh, he goes back home to uh, the nursing home that he lives in, and he sits down. And one of the orderlies goes, um, "Oh, sir, did you uh, did you have a a nice trip?" And he goes, "Yeah, I did." He looks out the window and he goes, "I really, really did." Yeah. He breathes his last breath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one goes to his funeral. <laughs> Rusty. So you've become again the like the face of Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> and you are like like touring on it. Like like, like, like people are coming to see you do stand up and stuff like that. As no. Uh, As because, like a Dunkin' Donuts guy? No, you you're not playing a character. Like I, mean, I guess just, that's my crowd either way. You, yeah, but the one concession you make is that you come out to the stage and they play, I want some Dunkin' Donuts. And you come out and you kind of like dance a little bit and your pants fall down and they see the white box with red hearts on them and they're like, oh, great, whatever. That's great. So um, you're uh, on the road and you end up uh, traveling to uh, jolly old England. All right. What's in England? Yeah, you play a uh, a festival there called yeah. Uh, yeah it's called uh, Funny People Having Fun. Okay, but they 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 pay for you to come out there and they put you up. You know what I mean? Yeah, so they put me up in a nice place. Yep. Okay. Nice. And uh, yeah, and you're you're feeling like pretty okay. And uh, the gig is happening in about two hours but you like to get like a little bit of head start on stuff 
So, you know, you you shave, you take a shower, stuff like that. Um, you do that thing where you uh, have uh, the towel around your waist and the towel like around your head. You know what I mean? Like you had yeah. like a, a lot of hair or whatever. The Sex so and the City vibe. Absolutely, dude. And you start singing. You start like whistling their theme song as you walk out of the uh, the shower. Yeah. And you, uh, you, you enter the apartment, not the apartment, sorry, the hotel uh, that they have for you. And uh, standing there is this guy. He is a, uh, he's wearing like a gold tunic. And he's wearing like a somewhat melted gold crown on his head. Yeah. And he goes, hello, Aaron. He goes, it's me, King Emery. King Emery? He goes, no, silly. Emery. I'm Henry the Eighth, I am. King Henry the Eighth. Henry the Eighth. I am, I am. Henry the Eighth, I am. So you're like, huh. And so he starts talking to you. <laughs> he sings that song to, to me to, to convince me that that's who he is. He sings the entire song. <laughs> so um, he goes on to explain to you that he needs some help. He's like, he's like, all right, listen here, Aaron. He goes on to tell you that uh, he's in the conflict uh, with uh, his arch rival. Who is? The, uh, the black eyed king. The black eyed king. The black eyed king king and when he says that guy's name a shiver runs down your spine i have all I have, the way yeah all the way down to your butt <laughs> when it hits your butt crack it actually like turns into like two different <laughs> no it goes around my hole is all you're yeah, saying <laughs> they go down both cheeks and like it, it they, it's it's a do they reconnect or i think they reconnect no, they just kind of float down uh, the different ass cheeks and kind of disappear. You're like, that was fucking weird. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Henry the Eighth is basically going like, he, he goes, Oi, me and him don't get along. In it. <laughs> he has a terrible accent. Dude. Yeah, like, it sounds bad. Yeah, it's a very bad English accent. And it's you're sometimes, when you're listening to him, you're like, is this guy actually English or like what is going on? Yeah, and like, but you, you kind of don't have what you don't have the heart. Like? You don't have the heart to ask him that. So he just he's just like he just like oh porridge and cheese, mate. And he yeah. goes, "Oi, Aaron." He goes, "Me." He goes, "Me and the the black eyed king again." You feel that fucking icy feeling travel down your spine to your butt cheeks this time when it's your butt cheeks i don't know how else to say this it they take their time oh god like you feel go down those cheeks for a solid two and a half minutes what two and a half minutes is so long (laughs) so anyway he goes he goes are you kidding me he goes if he comes to this dimension, mate, it'll destroy everything. And he goes, 
Will you help me, Sir Aaron? Absolutely not. He goes, he goes, but only you can wield the sword of truth. Why don't you give me the full fucking story before you ask? You know what I mean? Now, now there's a sword involved. It then turns now out I'm that you have to kill somebody. You're yeah, you're, you're descended from a uh, uh, the Brooks family uh, who, in the old country, their uh, their name was Brooks, but it was spelled B R O O O K S. And the Brooks line uh, are able to to wield the uh, the sword, the sword of truth. Talk to my brother. He's in the military. You know what I mean? He's in at minimum adequate physical condition, which I am <laughs> he, not. He goes, Oi, who do you think we went to first, Sir Aaron? Well, you're going to talk to my cousin Josh. He's also in the military. He like he, kind of stomps his foot and he looks really annoyed. And in the background, you hear, and I really thought I am. I don't fucking care. You've given, goes, me, you've given me no reason to help you. You know what I mean? Like, you've given me no proof. You haven't explained who the black-eyed king is. You're saying that there's a sword. Like, you're, the implication here is that I'm going to have to kill somebody. Yeah. I am not set up for that. I'm not I'm not a killer. I'm not a guy who's going to wield a sword. That's not, so you that's don't, not me. So, so do, you, do, you, do you not help Henry VIII? No. Why would I? Why? Well, I'm asking. No, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely not. Sure. Hard pass. So you, you kind of turn your heels and walk away, and um, you open the door. And as you open the door, he kind of goes, Oi, maybe. Do you turn around? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to treat him as a human and give him like that level of respect. But I'd say, yes. And he, he goes, What if I told you? And then uh, suddenly uh, a uh, black uh, sword uh, just <sighs> is run through your uh, throat. Great. From outside of the room. Great. And then you hear him go, you hear uh, Henry VIII go, oh, it's the black eyed king. I just said I wasn't going to help him defeat that guy. And that chill, even the even Fuck as your you. blood Fuck you is, and your chill. It's coming out of your mouth and the hole in your throat. You still feel that chill run down your supple buttocks. Oh, Pat. Only. Only this time it uh, goes all the way to uh, the back of your foot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, you fall over, and right where your um, your uh, feet were, out of where that chill touched the ground. Yeah. Two roses grow. Two of them. One for each cheek. <laughs> they die immediately. Oh, great! Great. Fuck you. <laughs> the black-eyed king steps on them as he charges towards. Henry the Eighth. You'll you never know what happens. That was out of my control. There's no way I was gonna wield a sword that quickly. He was right there. It's a dead man walking. That fucking sucks. <laughs> you didn't even try. No, no. You I'm didn't even gonna... try to investigate or anything. I, I he didn't I, he didn't give me any proof. You know what I mean? Fuck that. <laughs> he sucks. Thus begins the saga no. of the Black-Eyed King. Oh, no. Part one, we stand divided. <laughs>